Awesome. Well, welcome to Legacy City Church. Everybody, there's such, for the recording, there's just such a huge crowd here tonight. It's <laughs> overwhelming. I'm just like, God, what are you doing tonight? Yeah, so I've got a couple announcements, and then we can, um, once we go through that, we can stand up and worship together. We have, oh yeah, a blank screen. And we just keep mentioning this. Wednesday nights, we started out with a night of worship and prayer. And um, we've decided to change it to an equipping worship, prayer, and training evening. So this is going to be our third week using Donna Da Silva, uh, her curriculum from Bethel Church that she put together called Shifting Atmospheres. And it's kind of like a, a journey and a training for spiritual warfare. But really, it's it's a lot of things like this week's topic is going to be um what is it i forget what it is now i had it at the top of my tongue but it's okay but we talked about the weapons of our warfare that's what it is the weapons of our warfare so we learned about the reality of the spiritual realm and last week we talked about kind of who our identity i guess is was part of it and the uh, tactics of the enemy. That was the, the main theme was learning and discerning what the tactics of the enemy are. And the enemy's main tactic is lying. And so for us to discern the voice of the Lord, to know what he is saying, instead of engaging the demonic realm on a second hevel, hevel, a second heaven level, you could, I guess you could shorten it and say hevel, a second lev level of heaven, of, ex of heavenly warfare, um, God has seated us with Christ in the heavenly realm. So we get to do our warfare from the third heaven where Christ is seated, where the victory is already won. But the, the challenge for us as Christians is knowing when we're being engaged with spiritual activity, when it's coming from people versus when it's coming from the enemy that... You know, or, or from their uh, a person's wounds and lies that they're holding on to. And for us as Christians, learning how to, to not partner with that spirit that is in the environment, but instead rising up above it where we are actually seated and take authority over that. So this is going to be a good one this week. Every week, I mean, we, most of us, um, really enjoy Donna De Silva stuff. So yeah, it's going to awesome. be good. And then, of course, we are planning... We, our intention is to do baptisms on Pentecost Sunday, specifically for one person, but there might be some others. So some of our kids, um, we will set up the dunk tank, the, the water grave over, over there somewhere. And so I, we've been inviting people, if, if they want to get baptized, never have been, um, to have a conversation with us. And we will go over some, I keep seeing your, those, that has to be from your coat, isn't it? Those little white feathers. You see that? I don't know, I always think Sunday. angel feather. Oh, it's probably Barbara's jacket. <laughs> That's true. Okay. Every Sunday, one keeps falling from the sky. So. We're always looking for the signs that make you wonder. So anyway, with that said, why don't we stand up and get ready to worship? I'm going to read a scripture. I was just... Um, Sometimes we open up with a declaration. Sometimes we just pray right in. But I just felt like reading this scripture to, just to kind of prime our spirit to enter into God's presence tonight. So 1 Peter chapter 1 starts out. It says, 
let's see, where did I want to start? In verse 23, it says, For you have been born again. So this is you, hopefully. If you're in this room as a saved believer, you've been walking with Jesus, this is you. I don't think there's anyone here tonight that's not a Christian. So the scripture tells us, You have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. It goes on to say in chapter 2, As you come to him, as you come to Jesus, as we prepare to worship him, the living stone, who is rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And then in verse 9 of chapter 2, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a, pe a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So Lord, tonight we just recognize from your word that you have called us. You have called us to be a, a royal priesthood, a people that are chosen by you to become your sons and daughters, that, that, that are activated and know their calling to be worshipers and ministers unto you. So Lord, tonight we recognize our number one ministry is to love you and to worship you and to glorify your name. And tonight, God, as we worship you, as we sing praises, as we lift up our voices, we're believing you for a shifting in the atmosphere of this place, a shifting of the atmosphere inside of our hearts and our own minds that our lives, Lord, would come into alignment with your kingdom, that we would come into alignment with your heart as we worship you. Lord, it's our heart's desire, no matter how many people are in this room, that each one of us could just engage with you, that we would engage with your Holy Spirit. We welcome you in this place, Lord. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We thank you that you're always faithful to come. So we just lift up our hearts to you now. Let's just lift up our hands. Lord, we just lift up our hearts and our hands. We lift our lives, our bodies to you. We worship you, Jesus. We give ourselves to you tonight, God. We just want to be laid down lovers of Jesus. We want to be wholly consumed by you, Lord. Consumed with your presence. Consumed with your kingdom. Lord, let your kingdom come tonight. Let your rule and your reign come in greater measures in us tonight. We love you, Lord. We give you praise, and we just want to worship you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Father God, we just thank you for this evening. We thank you, God, for all of our brothers and sisters in Christ who are here to gather to worship you, God, to adore you, to love on you tonight, God. Thank you for bringing us here tonight. God, we just bless you this evening. We just love you. We just thank you, God, for your mercy. Thank you for your amazing grace. 
Thank you, God, for seeing us every day. Thank you, God, for remembering us. Thank you, God, just for surrounding us with your love, with your compassion, God, with your kindness. God, we just thank you and we just worship you for all of the people in our lives, God, that you have surrounded us with, God. Your kindness is everywhere, God. Your compassion is everywhere, God. Your love is just everywhere, sweeping through the city, God. And we just thank you and praise you. And we just glorify you and thank you, God, for your glory. Thank you, God, for your glory that's in this place and this building in our hearts. God, we just thank you, God. You are still working, God. You are still moving, God. You are still moving like the wind, God. We feel you, we sense you, we discern you, God. And we thank you, God, for the days that you open our eyes and you let us see what your spirit is doing, God. Thank you, God, for bringing us here tonight. Thank you, God, for this atmosphere of worship. We invite you tonight, God, just to spend time with us. We just invite you, God, to just fellowship with us, God. We just invite the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. We invite you tonight, God. We just open up our hearts to you and we just surrender everything to you, God. We empty out tonight, God, giving you invitation to fill us up, God, with your glory. We invite you, God, to fill us up with your oil, God. We invite you, God, to give us beauty for ashes, God. The ashes of mourning, God. The ashes from yesterday. The ashes from previous seasons, God. We just ask you to give us the beauty tonight the beauty for ashes God testimony God for the ashes thank you God for the testimony thank you God for the testimony thank you God for testimony thank you God for the breakthrough God Thank you, God, for the victory. Thank you, God, for all the seasons of victory. You have given us victory after victory after victory, God, and we thank you. Thank you, God, for raising us up, God. From the valleys, God, you've raised us up, God. And we just thank you. There's no valley that's too deep or low for our God to bring us up. There's no mountain that's too high for us to climb because of our God. There's no giant that's too tall and too strong for our God. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. This is a new season. We are actually stepping into a new season. We are entering into a new season. And God, we just thank you that the season has changed because not every season is, is easy, God. But we thank you for this new season. This is a season of peace. This is a season of restoration. This is a season of elevation. This is a season of new beginnings. This is a new season to rise. 
This is a new season to lift up your head. This is a season to move forward. This is a season to stand tall. This is the season to shine. And this is a season to smile. This is a season to say, I love you. This is a season to say, I forgive you. This is a season to say, come on and let's go. This is the season to agree. This is the season to just love. This is your season to rise. God is giving us beauty for ashes. These ashes have been many years and seasons, but this is a season of beauty. What was ugly, God has turned into beauty. What was difficult to talk about, God is turning into beauty. What was difficult to face, God is giving you eyes to look it in the face and to say, I love you. I care about you. This is your season. This is your season to say, what can I do for you? This is your season. This is your season to rise. All things are passed away. They really have passed away. All things are truly new. God is really making them new for you. Most of us have raised our children. We got grandchildren now. This is a new season. And God always has something brand new for you in your new season. We are never too old to start something. We are never too old to begin. It's never too late. The vision that was abandoned a long time ago, God said, write it down, write it down again, write it down again and make it plain. Write it down again. He said to put it before you and look at it. Look at it every day. Write it down, make it plain. The vision has not been abandoned. It's not abandoned. And he said, I have not abandoned you. I gave you time. I gave you time to get through the journey. I gave you time to heal. I gave you time to restore. I gave you time to climb back up. I gave you time to stand up. I gave you time so you could take your time. Because he said, I'm not in a hurry. I'm not in a rush. And you know, our God is slow to anger and abounding in so much grace. He said, I love you. I love you with an everlasting love. I love you. I love you. I am a patient God. I am a patient God. I am a patient God. I am a kind God. I am a gentle God. And he said, I'm going to make your feet steady. I'm going to make your feet steady. I'm going to strengthen your feet. I'm going to strengthen your heart. I love you. I love you. I take no other pleasure than loving you. Nothing matters to me but my love for you. 
new season. Embrace every day. Every day embrace what I have for you. If you trip and fall, if you make a mistake, he said, learn from it. My grace is sufficient. Every time you fall, you feel like you're weak. God said, my grace is sufficient. It doesn't matter what anybody said. He said, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. Just walk, walk with me. Nothing else matters but my love for you. Nothing else matters. You don't have to be something that somebody else thinks you're supposed to be. I have a plan. He said, I have a plan and I had a plan all along. And it doesn't matter what happened. My plan still stands. I love you. I saw through I saw you through it. I provided you with all the tools and out of all those hurdles and out of all those pain, you're gonna stand and you're gonna walk in your destiny. You're gonna walk in your destiny. You're gonna walk in your destiny. I raise up the humble, he said. You've been taken to places where it felt like your voice was silenced, but God said, I raise up the humble. I oppose the proud, but I raise up the humble. You have a voice. You have a voice. It's time to sing again. It's time to shout again. It's time to jump again. It's time. It's time. To everything, there is a season and a time and a purpose under the heaven. Your time to weep is over. It's a new season, he said. Your season to rebuild is here. One day at a time. I just hear the Lord just saying, I love you. I just love you. I love you. In my presence, there's fullness of joy. I hear him saying, I adore your worship. I love your worship. I love your heart. I see God putting his hands around your heart, gently protecting your heart. I see him shielding your heart. You don't have to put walls up. If you did, you don't have to put walls up anymore. God said, I'm putting my hands around your heart. And he said, I gave you a heart of flesh, but I'm protecting your heart of flesh.
You're God of our minds. You're God over our families. You're God over our marriages and our relationships. You're God over every dead thing, God, and everything that's supposed to come back to life. We speak to it and we just say, rise. We speak to it and we say, rise. We speak to the dry bones and we say, rise. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love you tonight. Have your way, Lord. Whatever you want to minister to your people tonight, God, individually, we invite you. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to speak. We invite you, Lord. Just have your way. You are welcome tonight. You're welcome, Lord. Have your way. quickly or the car will spin out of control. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Yeah, thank you, God. As Tao was, was just speaking that, how he's got his hands around your heart that you can let the walls down because he's, he's putting his hands around your heart. I just saw the Lord breathing, just blowing like, like his breath blowing on a, on a glowing orangey red coal. And it was just like, you just see it getting brighter. I just, just speak this over you tonight, over all of us. Just breathe that breath over us, Lord. Yeah, God, just fan the flame in our hearts, Lord. Wind of heaven, just come. Just come, Lord. Set our hearts on fire, Jesus. I just see our hearts igniting in his presence as his breath, as his breath is just breathing on our spirit. We just welcome you, Father. We welcome you, Lord. Just breathe your breath. We are your burning ones, Lord. We just prophesy over ourselves tonight, God. We say, we are your burning ones. We are not just flickering flames. We are your burning ones. We blaze with the fire of your spirit. We burn with the fire of your presence. We are a people of your presence, Lord. We belong to you. And we just love you, God. We love your warmth. We love the nearness of our God. We love that you live inside of us. <clears throat> Come and just flood us with your fire tonight. Flood us with your life tonight, Jesus. Our God is an all-consuming fire. Just come, 
Come, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and consume. Have your way, Lord. Burn away the things that need to be burned away, God. Everything, body, soul, spirit, every part of us, God, that needs to be burned. If there's a page of our past, a page in our history that you just want to take and you want to incinerate it tonight, God, we just give you permission to tear that page out and to put it on the coals of heaven and let it burn up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. I just saw this hallway, a long hallway, and it felt lonely. Like someone's walking down it, and there's doors, and there's other hallways off this one. And it seems that you're by yourself, but God says, no, I'm with you. You'll know which door or which hallway to take because the second you start stepping past it, you'll hear my voice. And you'll know which one it is. Just give him thanks tonight, guys. Just, just tell him thank you. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, God, that no matter what we see in the natural, you are so much more at work in the realm of the Spirit. 7,000 times more at work. Thank you, Lord. Whew. Just want to take a few minutes, guys, and just... Uh, I know there's not a lot of us here tonight, but I just feel like the Lord wants to encourage. And uh, so we're just we're just going to stick around up here for a minute. Just um, we like to wait on the Lord and just see if He has a, a deposit for any of you um, who are sitting, or even any of you that are up here. You know, it's anytime there's a word that's shared, a prophetic word, or a word of knowledge or encouragement, um, feel free to grab it for yourself. You could take it. You could take it for yourself. Yeah, so I just felt like for Aaron. <laughs> um, well, it was easy for you to come to mind because, you know, there wasn't like a ton of people tonight. And it's like, Aaron, you know, just, there's just something that about, about you that God was highlighting. And I just feel like there's a, a boldness on your life. Like the Lord has placed a boldness on you. And, and the thing that came to mind is, um, Aaron the priest, the high priest Aaron. And you know, the scripture says, I'm just gonna read it, and I feel like that this part of this is for you. I actually the whole thing. Um, not only is there a boldness, but there's a, a spirit of unity that you carry. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm just gonna just drop it. So a spirit of unity, and, and it says in Psalm 133. How truly wonderful and delightful it is to see brothers and sisters living together in sweet unity. It is as precious as the sacred scented oil 
flowing from the head of the high priest, Aaron, dripping down upon his beard. You don't have a beard, kind of, he shaved it. Dripping down upon his beard and running all the way down to the hem of his priestly robes. This harmony can be compared to the dew dripping from Mount Hermon, which flows down upon the hills of, of Zion. Indeed, that is where Yahweh has decreed his blessings will be found the promise of life forevermore. So I just see like the, the horn of oil that the Lord is pouring over you as you walk in your royal identity, as you walk in the gifting and the facets of his nature that he's placed inside of you, the boldness and the, the ability to bring the spirit of unity into situations. He is just taking that horn of oil of his presence and he's just pouring it over your head. And it's just going down your beard that was there. It's going down from head to toe, all the way down. And it spills over on your wife. It is, you said Julie, right? I was thinking, wait, is it Julie? Because we have another Julie that's been coming and uh, she must want to enjoy the warm weather today too. But yeah, just, just as a couple, I just see that oil over, over you as a husband and wife. I don't know if you guys have kids, but if you do, it's over your kids as well. And um, Tammy wants this microphone. I want to give it to her, but hang on. So Julie, I just... No, your name means youthful, soft-haired, <laughs> beautiful, and vivacious. So we just speak over you, the gift that you carry. You are a, a unique package that the Lord has created and designed. Your fingerprints are like no others. Your iris is like no others. You have a unique fingerprint of God on your life. And you just carry that sweetness of his presence. Just like your name means youthful and beautiful, you just release something into the atmosphere. So we just, we prophesy this over you, over you tonight, that as you carry the fragrance of heaven, you are releasing the sweetness of Jesus into every place you go. So we just wanna call that out. We wanna bless it. And we just wanna encourage you in that, that you carry the fragrance of heaven. It's like, man, the, the mixture of, of what you carry and then the, the priestly anointing that you have for bringing unity and boldness, it's just a powerhouse right there. Yeah. Okay, so Tammy, yes. Yeah, I just, God highlighted you guys to me, and he wants you to know that he's very well pleased with you and that you have loved well and you've done what you were supposed to. I don't know what that means, but... I don't remember your name, Cheryl. I'm seeing that there's uh, much notice of what you have been doing in the past years, but you're entering into a new season. There are eyes upon you that you didn't know were watching you, that were aware of you, but you're just about ready to get dropped, kicked up to another level. But yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It doesn't sound comfortable, but Jesus is walking with you and you're very, very much aware of his presence. So you will be co-laboring with him to a great degree in this coming season. I don't know if you've noticed like a, an acceleration in your life, but there's, to use a word, like a, a, a quickening, like life is moving by so fast, like you can hardly keep up. 
but there are like there are people who are seeing you that you weren't aware were watching you wherever you go people are aware of your presence and they sense the presence of Jesus that you carry in your heart and you as in the class you are changing atmospheres wherever you go you carry his presence you are on your mission to change the world to bring souls to be saved without necessarily there even they, them even being aware of it you're changing the world you're changing the world the seeds that you have been planting your entire life are coming to fruition those seeds that you weren't planned you weren't you did not plant yourself you are still reaping the harvest from those and you are spreading the wealth wherever you go your life is bearing fruit I just want to bless Julie and Aaron. It's so good to see you guys. And uh, I need to put my glasses on. Good to see. I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. For many, many years ago, when you blessed my children, and um, it's never too late for the Lord to reward and bless you for a season from a long time ago. But if I never showed you appreciation. I just got to say thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. My kids still talk about you, and they remember your kindness, and they have not forgotten you, and they're all grown, and they still ask about Mr. Julie and Mr. Aaron. So thank you so much for the seeds that you poured into my children. So I just see strength in both of you. I just see such a song, strong strength. I see you guys just flourishing. I see people being kind to you and just blessing you over and over again for all the years of blessings that you have blessed other people. So may, so may that kindness you've shown to others be brought back to you a hundredfold. Yes. May you be refreshed as you have refreshed others. Thank you. I don't want to move on from that yet. I just, would you, would you guys be willing to just allow us to pray for you? Because we just don't know if you'll come back or not, so we better get our hands on you while we can. Maybe if you guys just want to come stand right here and if you guys want to come up and lay hands on them, do it. But otherwise, um, I'm just going to put this aside. And if, if you don't want to come up, you can just extend your hand. Yeah, you got to squeeze these two. You are married.
I was given a little bit more for you, I see that like every breath you take, you breathe in fire of Holy Spirit. You're just completely engulfed in Holy Spirit. He's going to be speaking through you. It's going to be, this might sound cliche, but words that, that you didn't know were in you, people, strangers, people you know, it's just great change that you impart unto others. It's, it's a, just a really holy thing to watch what is in your future. Then the next like three months, things will be unfolding for you that you can't even imagine at this point. I'd say it's really big time starting in June through the summer, just like one after another, really fast succession. actually feel, Cheryl, that the Father wants to release a new joy over you and a season of rest. Rest and joy. Rest in Him, knowing that He's a good Father and that He's got your back. That you're not alone. You are not alone. He is with you every step of the way. And He wants to release His joy into you. A new level of joy for you. So I just want to bless you with that. Yeah, and joy, or excuse me, not joy, well, joy, yes, but um, rest is not inactivity. Rest is a person. So we just, just extend your hands towards Cheryl. Is this good? Is this okay? Is this good? <laughs> Tammy's good. Can you come stick a hand on you? I don't automatically assume everyone wants to come stand up here in the middle, so... Um, and you don't have to. Thank you, Jesus, that you are rest. You are rest. And Cheryl's life is hidden in Christ. Cheryl's life is hidden deep in you, King Jesus. Cheryl, I just see your life enfolded in Jesus, just wrapped up in the robes of his presence. He is your peace. He is your rest. He is your everything. He is your source. He is your sustenance. He's your nourishment. I believe he says that he's inviting you to feast on his presence. It's not about doing. It's just about being who he's called you to be all along, his, his wonderful daughter, his wonderful daughter. And he's just saying, feast on me. I've got a banquet table set before you a banquet table set before you in the presence of your enemies. Come and feast at my table. Come enjoy the shadow of my wings as, it, as I just protect you with my presence, as I surround you, encircling you with my presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. He's just anointing your head with oil. Mm, thank you, Lord. He's satisfying your soul with good things. Thank you, Jesus. We just bless you, Cheryl. We bless you in the name of the King of, of kings and the Lord of lords. The name above all names, Jesus Christ, our King. Yeshua, our King. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And Cheryl, I was just... Um, hearing that scripture before, um, actually before Barbara had that extra word for you, the scripture that says, there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. 
We know that's referring to Jesus. Pretty sure that's who it's referring to. I know that's an Old Testament. I think it's a proverb. It says that there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I just feel like God's saying that's who you are to many people. You're a friend that sticks closer than a sister. Like you're a, you're a dedicated friend. And you have a spirit of generosity. I just call that out now. I just call out, a, you, you carry a, a gift. I think it's a gift actually, a gift of generosity. A gift of contributing to the needs of others. You know, some people just want the, the wow gifts. They want to prophesy. They want to lay hands and, and see people healed. And that's all important. But the gift of generosity and the gift of contributing to the needs of others, that's just as vital. Because we can prophesy all we want over somebody, but we can't always meet their need. But God has graced you with that gift of a heart that knows exactly what, what you can do to help meet their need without crossing boundaries without it being weird or causing codependency. But you just, you have a, a gift of being a, a friend that just knows, and it may not even be financial help, it just might be being that, that ear and that counseling voice that's willing to listen and be a sounding board. And then you have that wisdom that God gives you that you just release it. Actually, that was what was called out. You're gonna have words that you don't know would come out of your mouth, but God's gonna give you those those words. I think there's even a counseling gifting on your life. You know, so many people in the world need someone who will just listen. You can ask my wife. She wishes I would just listen without giving input. I'm, I'm joking. Well, maybe it's true. My daughter, my daughter, Emily, she's like, just listen to me. I'm like, okay, I've been listening for the last hour. <laughs> I'm joking. But it, it's a gift and it, it's a valuable treasure to have people that have a grace on them to be able to hear without it coming into you and, and affecting who you are. But it's, it's a strength. It's like, yeah, I don't even know the best way to describe it. It's see like such a strength, like a fortitude of being able to hear and take in people's hardships and their struggles without it crushing you. Because in the, in the end of the day, you know how to just let them fight their fight without you fighting it for them, but, but standing by their side while they're fighting and then cheering them on. I don't know if that's anywhere, if that just sounds like that's who you are, but that's what I feel like the Lord is just speaking about you. Just because you sit down doesn't mean you have to stop. You have a healing presence, whether there are words exchanged or not. You just, you just buy your very presence because you, Jesus is so interwoven into your heart. You, you're a healer. You're a good listener. People probably tell you things they've never told anyone else, and it's easy for them to do that because you just have a trusting spirit. People can trust you, and you are a faithful friend but just your presence alone. Like you said, whether there are words exchanged or not, you impart healing to people. One last thing. You, can you handle one more? I just, and I could be way off because, but I'm hoping it's accurate. People think you're cool. They do. 
like they, it's your history. It's your, it's your, your generation you grow up in. And there's just those things of your generation that people think you're a cool lady. Like you're really cool. So I hope that's accurate because if it's not, I mean, <laughs> then it's probably close. Okay. So we'll stop. We're not going to keep um, just hammering you. We don't want to overwhelm you, but I'm sure um, other people in the room who know how to prophesy too, but don't always like to be asked to come up front, probably could call some gold out too. But, um, this is what we like to do. We just like to always be sensitive to the Holy Spirit for words of encouragement because what's even more important than you guys coming in and hearing hopefully a, hopefully a good preach, I don't know. I'm pretty critical of myself, but you can ask her if it's good. Listen to the podcast and judge for yourself and then come to this place. But I try. Um, but more than a, more than hearing a, a wowing sermon, which I know you're not going to hear because I'm not that good. Um, you've come here because Jesus wants to meet you. You know, you, he lives inside of you. You carry him, but he wants to meet you through his people. He wants, he wants to speak to you about things that only others can tell you because for us humans that carry that new nature of Jesus within us, oftentimes we, we think the heavenly thoughts, but we don't fully want to embrace them for ourselves because, I don't know, there's just that, that reservation inside of us that doesn't want to fully give in because then we might disappoint ourselves maybe I don't know I don't know what it is that causes us to to be reserved about believing the best things that God would say about us but but sometimes God just he needs the body of Christ to call it out and that's good it's why we're called the body of Christ we were we were designed by God to be joined together in relationships and imparting strength to one another like, I need it too. So if you got a, prof a prophetic word for me, I mean, come on, give it to me. Don't hold back. I, I need it too, I, I should say. You know, I get a lot of them. Sometimes I feel a little spoiled sometimes. But there are seasons. Yeah, when, like when Tammy and I went to the conference back in January and Barbara can contest, or contest, testify. She could contest this. <laughs> they got too many words. I don't know why. God just sometimes puts the bullseye on us, but... Hey, maybe he knows we need it more than some other people. I don't know. Are you guys good? Is everybody good? Comfortable? You guys, you just pressed through that awkward moment so well tonight. Tao, you walked in right after it, but our worship froze. It was just like froze. Yeah, for the first time in over a year, we've been doing this. And that's my fault because I didn't pre-listen to the whole worship set. I assumed it, it came out fine. So we had about five minutes of silence and then I pulled together something really fast. But you guys did good. The 21st century problems that we face. <laughs> we, were, we were in Africa underneath the shade of a, of a dwelling that they pop up for church and walked you know, 50 miles just to get there in the heat. You've, you know that walk? Yeah, so we wouldn't complain about the electronic stuff that we depend on so much to you know freeze up and then oh no what do we do the good news is you could be by yourself with no music no nothing going on and you know his presence is always with us 
There is no place we can go on this planet to escape his presence. As the psalmist said, if I go up to the highest heights of the heavens, or if I go to the deepest part of the sea, even there you'll find me. Even there. So we might as well imagine him with us right here, right? Because he is. So with that said, Lord, we just thank you. You don't even have to bow your head and close your eyes. So I like to pray with my eyes open sometimes. Just kind of like to look up because he's here. Lord, you're here. And I just love your presence. God, I love your face. The fact that your face is turned towards us. And we just welcome you, Lord. We just want to do whatever you want to do. As long as you're the main guest here, God, we just want to have fun with you. And we want to enjoy you and your word and your, the gifts that you pour out and the gift of one another. So we just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I did have a couple words of knowledge, but I don't know if I need to even go in those. I'm just going to read these out real quick. And if, if you feel like you can identify with any one of these, it's just three this time. Last week, I was like, too many things. We didn't have time for anything else, but it was still good. But I just felt like the Lord, <clears throat> this is what he wants to heal tonight. You can see it as healing or he wants to trade you something because he has something specific to, to put in place. So where insecurity has been, and I'll raise my hand, he wants to replace, and I believe he is doing it tonight, he wants to replace insecurity with confidence. A confident security in your identity. I'm not even gonna like go into that because actually the scriptures that we're gonna look at speak into identity big time. But I feel like even by the end of this evening, there's gonna be some insecurity broken off. So I'm just gonna declare it now that insecurity is gonna go tonight. Insecurity is gonna be like, I've been weeding a little bit lately. It's gonna be like the dandelion and the soil's nice and soft by the Holy Spirit saturating it tonight. And insecurity is gonna get plucked up and the root is gonna come up with it. It's just going to go into the whatever. The, yeah. Well, I don't put weeds in the recycle, but compost. There you go. There you go. Also, I, I felt like um, I heard timidity. Timidity. Just, you know, being shy, holding back. I feel like he's replacing timidity with boldness. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Our God is a God of fire, a God of boldness. And sometimes that boldness comes in a sweet, quiet-spirited young lady. For instance, back there. For instance, back there. This young lady here. You might have a gentle, quiet spirit, but God wants to also give you bursts of boldness. See, timidity is different than gentle and quiet. Timidity is knowing there's something that you have to say, but being afraid to say it. So I just want to release that boldness on you tonight, if that's you, to not be afraid of your voice, not to be afraid of what your voice sounds like, of what people think of you, because really the only thing that matters is what he thinks of you. And if his thoughts towards you are good and he's pleased with you and he loves how he made you and he placed his spirit in you and his power and his giftings, then, man, just take hold of his hand, listen to his voice, and when he says to speak, just do it. 
So timidity replaced with boldness and voices activated. So he wants to activate voices tonight. Is that okay? Hope it's okay. I think it is. So we're going to go into some scriptures. You guys aren't going to fall asleep with the quiet music. It helps me. I like it. So we went into a journey. We began a journey into the book of Ephesians. We didn't get very far. We did the intro one week, and then we stopped on verse 3 another week. That was three weeks ago. Yeah, it was before Jeff came. Um, and verse three, we're going to read it again real fast and we won't preach on it because then we will get stuck there again. But verse three just speaks so much about what God has provided for us, what Jesus has paid for on the cross. See, the death of Jesus on the cross didn't just provide forgiveness of your sin. It's important. You want to know that you're forgiven so that when you die, and we all will die someday, um, we have an appointment with death someday, but I'm just going to declare it now, not until you live out the fullness of every day that he has ordained for you to live. Okay? You shall live out every page ordained for you, written in the book of life that he wrote for you specifically. And I'm just going to come against anything now that would cut that short. Because the enemy's plan is to kill, steal, and destroy, and to cut short the plan of God. But we just come against that and we say, no, no. God will fulfill his book in your life. He's going to fulfill every page. So, yeah, that was a tangent. I don't even know why I went there. But you were born to know Jesus and receive his gift of salvation, which obviously is the forgiveness of sin so that you will go from here to there when you take your final breath. But there's so much more that he paid for on the cross. We tried to unpack it just a little bit a few weeks ago um, that we have this inheritance. Let's just take a look at it now. It says in verse three of Ephesians one, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm and every means every. There's not a single blessing in heaven that God is withholding. If he won't withhold it from Jesus, then he's not going to withhold it from us because we are in the beloved. We are in Christ. Our lives are hidden in Christ. And we are actually right at this moment seated with him in the heavenly realm. So positionally, we're in heaven with Jesus but yet physically and, and locationally, we're, we're bi-locational people. We're seated with Christ in heaven, but we're also here on planet earth, walking and talking and doing life, which in my mind kind of takes the heaven part and brings it right here into us because the kingdom of heaven is within us. It's at hand, it's in your hand. The kingdom of heaven is in the Holy Spirit. According to Romans chapter 14, Paul said that the kingdom of heaven, it's not about eating and drinking food. It's not about whether you drink wine or don't drink wine or whether you eat bacon or you don't eat bacon, which you should eat bacon because it's tasty. And Jesus made it clean. It doesn't matter what you eat or drink. That's not what the kingdom is about. But, but Paul said the kingdom of heaven is, is about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
I can tell you guys know these verses already, that you got it in you. So, but we wanna just remind ourselves of that truth, that the kingdom of heaven is in the Holy Spirit. And so if the Holy Spirit is in you, then the kingdom is in you. So the kingdom is not far off. And when we pray, Father in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven, we're not praying that his, only that his kingdom would come one day in its fullness to planet earth, but we're saying, let your kingdom come, like let it come forth and let your will be done here on the earth just as it is in heaven. You and I were saved by God to be carriers, to be representations of Jesus sons and daughters of God, just like Jesus is the one and only begotten son of God. He has brought us into his family as sons and daughters, carrying a new nature, a new identity, and a royal authority. But let's just take a look at the scripture. Instead of me talking, let's let the Bible talk for itself. So every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm, I'm gonna start pointing right here because my brain wants to go, it's out there, no. In the heavenly realm, okay, maybe it is out there. It's both. It's all of it. It has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, all because he sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate him with all of our hearts. And I have the Weymouth translation of that verse, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has crowned us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm in Christ. I just love the picture. Just let the scripture paint a picture for your, your mind so that you can actually try to see what this is, what the word of God is telling us. So you have a crown. We wear this, we've been crowned. When we sang it tonight, all the saints will cast their golden crowns before the glassy sea. You know, we have crowns and we're one day gonna lay all of our crowns at the feet of Jesus. I really love this scripture, John 1, 12. Some of you are probably tired of me quoting it a lot because I oftentimes will quote this scripture. But John 1, 12 says, but to those who embraced him, or you might have learned it as those who received him and believed in his name, or took hold of his name. He gave authority to become the children of God. So that word authority is often translated as, is it gonna pop up there? King James Version, it says power. He gave power to become the children of God. Or I learned it in the NIV, he gave the right to become the children of God. I feel like the, the translation of right is kind of weak because I thought, oh, I got the right become a child of God because I believed in his name and I received him. So now I've got the right to be a child of God. Well, that word right is the word exousia. And if you like to have fun with words, just let it roll off your tongue. Exousia. If you want to say it, you can. Exousia. Say it to your neighbor. Point to them. Release it. Exousia. Authority. And that word authority, if you look up in like um, a fun website to go to where you can put the app on your phone too is the blue letter bible the blue letter bible is this wonderful app made by some calvary chapel people and because they love the word of god so much they wanted to know that you have you give you the ability to take a scripture verse and break it down to every greek word or every hebrew word and see the original meanings and so i love it exousia means 
the sign of regal authority, a crown, the power of rule or government, magistrate, ability or strength with which one is endued, endowed. Did I say it right? Is it endowed? No, it's just endued. Okay. Well, that's what they said in the thing. So that's what I typed. So when I look at that word that you and I as the children of God have been given exousia, we have been given governmental authority. Our God, our King is a King. He gives us regal authority, exousia. You have been crowned with a, with a crown of royal sonship, or I guess the word is daughtership. We're making up words, but hey, you know what I mean? You are a royal son or daughter. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Your identity in Christ is not just a servant. You're not just a worm, barely making it by the skin of your teeth into heaven one day with the smell of smoke still on your spirit as you made it as long as I make it, fake it till you make it for all kinds of things like that. Your identity in Christ is royalty. You are a royal priesthood. You are kings and priests. God has put his authority, the authority of Jesus in you and on you, exousia. And this is a little bit of a side note, but it's okay because sometimes if I just go with the flow, we're actually doing what we're supposed to do. I've been told, so just stick with what he's doing, Scott. Okay, thank you. I'm talking to myself here. I'm actually echoing my wife's words. Um, yeah, so where was I going to go with that? Hmm. Royal authority. Oh, yes. Yeah. So when Jesus said in the Bible somewhere, I can't remember what the verse is or what the, what the chapter is. I think it might be Matthew 12, but I could be way off. Jesus said, when, when Peter made the great confession, you know, Peter's name at that time was, uh, well, I don't know, how, different ways to pronounce it, but it was uh, Cephas, which meant like a reed, like a piece of grass. And when, when Jesus asked him, well, who do people say I am? And, G, and Peter, we know him as Peter, he said, well, some say John the Baptist, other Elijah. And Jesus said, well, who do you say I am? And he said, well, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus affirmed, he said, that did not come to you by human revelation, that came to you by my Father. And he told him that, I tell you the truth, your name is Peter. He, changed, he gave him a new name at that moment. Your name is Petra, a rock. You're not a reed, you're not a weak piece of grass. You are a rock. Your name is Peter. And upon this rock, and we as Protestants believe that the rock was his declaration that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, not that Peter would be the lineage of the Pope. So I don't know if you, you knew that stuff, right? Being a Catholic by birth. Anyway, so just thought I should clarify that really quick. But upon this rock, Jesus said, I will build my, in the English Bible says, church. But that word is actually ecclesia. And the ecclesia is not the same as church. It is not really the best interpretation, but that's the word that the English Bibles use. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my ecclesia. And the ecclesia at that time in that, in that Roman culture was a, government, uh, a governmental ruling body of people. They're like legislators. 
we have been called by God to be like kingdom legislators. Now, the weapons we get to do our warfare with, we don't just go into the Olympia, Olympia, I was gonna say Olympic, Olympia capital and just start legislating and say, hey, we have authority to come here. No, our weapons are different. We pull down strongholds. We, we have weapons that are mighty through God. We, we know how to use intercession and prayer to, to go to war. We use our worship to release the presence of heaven, the kingdom of heaven into the atmosphere. And we are walking, talking representatives, ambassadors of the kingdom. So we, we get to release the rule and reign of Jesus wherever we go. Now that we don't do it by force. Some people get scared, they're like dominion. You're a dominionist, dominion theology. And we're not gonna aim a gun at someone and say, submit to Jesus or we're gonna you know, kill you. Now, there was a season in our world where that kind of stuff happened in the name of Jesus, unfortunately, but that was not God. So we have authority. We are the ecclesia. We are the, the royal sons and daughters of God. And our inheritance, our legacy is that we would take hold of all that has been provided for us in the heavenly realm. And we would bring heaven into earth and we would undo the works of the devil. We would destroy the works of the devil. So where there's sickness, we would bring healing. Where there's brokenness, we would bring life. Where there's um, fractured relationships, we would bring reconciliation. Where there's a lack of understanding what to do next, we would come with the wisdom of heaven because we have the mind of Christ. There's so much that we've been given access to. So with all of that said, and that's just like little fragments of truth, you are powerful people. I gotta, I gotta say it over myself, I don't feel it right now in this moment. I don't feel like a powerful person, but you need to know you are powerful. You carry the resurrection spirit of God. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is living inside of you. You are powerful people. And the devil is afraid that you're gonna know who you are and who lives in you and your authority to let him out. The devil probably freaks out every day you get up, hoping that you don't know who you are, hoping you don't get to those scriptures, hoping that you just stay kind of like, you know, impotent, immobilized, just go through life, go with the flow. All right, let's move on. Or we're going to be stuck on verse three once again. So verse four says, in love, he chose us before he laid the foundation of the universe. And because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. So just let that sink in. He chose you in love. He ordained you in love. That you would be seen as holy in his eyes. Now that brought me to a couple scripture references. Actually, one, one uh, chapter in Hebrews that speaks to this. And I feel like this is important for us to remind ourselves or if it's not new, or if it is new, then just to get it in you. But Hebrews 10, verses 10 and 14 says, and by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once 
and for all. And then in verse 14, it says, for by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. So there's two things that, there's two dynamics that we're looking at as Christians. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, not only are your sins forgiven, not only did you receive a new nature by the Holy Spirit coming into you and uniting himself with your spirit, causing you to be born again, born anew into this, this new creation in Christ, but you have been positionally declared holy. So I'm just going to say this. It might make you cringe a little bit, but I don't think it matters how much you mess up from here until the time you take your last breath for God to change his mind that the work of the cross was sufficient to make you holy, that God would see you and see you as holy, already done, positionally. It's kind of like you stand in his holiness. We already know by in the book of Romans, Paul talks about it over and over, that it's, it's by grace that we're saved, that, that by faith we receive this free gift of the righteousness of Christ. So we don't have to be righteousness in our own works because our own works can't save us. Our own works actually, the Bible says, are like filthy rags. So I know I try hard, I try to do the good things, but you know, apart from Christ, God's saying, your righteous deeds, they're, they're stinky. They, they're, they're tainted. It's like you're you know, presenting to me a greasy cloth that you cleaned up your hands after doing car work on. Filthy rags, our righteous deeds, apart from Christ. So we don't want self-righteousness. We want the righteousness of Christ that has been imparted to us. And Paul tells us in Romans that the righteousness of Christ that we have received is full. Like we have received the fullness of his righteousness. It covers us. It's the same with his holiness. You have been made holy by the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Tao, you are holy. You are holy, Barbara. Dad, I hate to say it. <laughs> you are holy. Not holier than thou, but you're holy. You're glowing, you're so holy. You carry the Holy Spirit and you have been sanctified. You've been set apart by the Holy Spirit. You are declared holy, but at the same time, does that just let you off the hook then to do whatever you want to do? No, that's the spirit of stupid. But by one sacrifice, he's already made you perfect forever. Positionally, your identity is I'm holy and I've been made perfect. You can just claim it just as much as you can claim I am seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Okay. Those aren't just nice little verses to quote to make ourselves kind of feel better about our situations. It's truth. It's a higher truth. And our, our earthly truth sometimes will want to contradict the higher truth. But we need to submit. We need to take every thought captive here on earth and make it submitted to the higher truth, to the word of Christ. So we are being made holy. At the same time you're holy, you're also being made holy. You're going through the process of sanctification. So why would we do stupid stuff like just sinning anyway? I don't know, but Romans gives us a warning. This is pretty important. So let me ask you this. Why don't you practice what you preach, preacher? You preach, don't steal, but are you a thief? You're swift to tell others, don't you commit adultery, but are you guilty of adultery? You say, 
I hate adultery and false gods, but do you withhold from the true God what is due him? Even though you boast in the law, do you dishonor God, the lawgiver, when you break it? For your actions seem to fulfill what is written. God's precious name is cursed among the nations because of you. That's a pretty heavy duty. That's a heavy revy. Okay, but in reality, when we give in to, I would say, the flesh, give in to the flow of the, of the current flow in society, just going with the flow, doing what everyone else is doing, not really walking in our true identity, hypocrisy creeps in because they know we claim to be Christians. They know we say that Jesus is our Lord. They know you go to church. They know you set aside Sundays most of the time um, to be in a place of worship. Yet when we're putting out there to the world the things that God says people shouldn't do, yet we're doing it. We're, we're being hypocrites and they can see it. We don't even have to be preaching at them for them to see our lifestyle. I'm, I'm guilty of it just as much as anyone else. I've laughed at a joke I shouldn't be laughing at. I probably told the joke I shouldn't be telling. You know, whatever it is. I feel like this guy likes jokes too. I know, it's so hard because, yeah, we all, we all like to laugh. <laughs> good. I'll tell you a good, I'll tell you a good joke after the meeting here. And if you're Italian, you might be offended by it. That's all I'm going to say. That's it's really funny though. I'm sure there's a little Italian in me. You know, maybe, maybe not. Forget about it. Okay, so let's move on because it's going on eight o'clock and we, we want to have a, a time tonight just to respond in God's presence to his word. So five through six says, for it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace. For the same love he has for the beloved Jesus, he has for us. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. This is just so rich. I mean, we could just take one of these verses every week, or we, but we'd never get through Ephesians. Adoption, you have received the adoption as sons. And I, I was I just texting this to you, or was I, ta I was talking about it last Sunday as the boroughs were like looking up scriptures for me, trying to help me out, trying to help a brother out. I feel like when we call the Holy Spirit the spirit of adoption, that almost sounds too much of a like transactional, like a written document, it's not really, it's not like natural birth compared, you know, like even though when you're a physically adopted human being on this planet, that hopefully the family that is adopting you, they, they give you their name and you actually become that a part of that family. That is your family. That mom and dad isn't just your adopted parents. They're your real parents. But I feel like even in that, we, we know the difference, right? We know that there's, there's difference in DNA and, and family genetics that get passed down. But something more powerful than just a transaction happened when we became recipients of the spirit of adoption or the spirit of, um, well, I forget what the Passion Translation called. Oh, it's right here in the next verse. Let's just read it. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit, and you did not receive the spirit of religious duty 
leading you back into the fear of never being good enough, but you have received the spirit of full acceptance and folding you into the family of God. I would say it goes even beyond that. It's not just that you're adopted. It's not that just that you're accepted. You've received someone knocking on the door. Jesus at the, at the door of my heart knocking to come in. You received the Holy Spirit who made himself one spirit with your, your little ghost inside of you. Well, I shouldn't say little. Your spirit man or woman in your body that will one day fly out when your body, when this earthly tent gives up and is rolled up and cast aside, the, the spirit man or woman that you are, and if you're, you know if you're a woman or not, right? Do I need to clarify that? Okay. Okay, Pam's shaking her head over there. Don't go there. Okay, we all know the junk going on in society, so I'll just move on. Two genders, man or woman. Your man or woman spirit within you will leave your body one day. But when you are born again, the Holy Spirit has become one spirit with you, with your spirit. And you have become a new creature. You have received the imperishable seed of the word of God. The life and the nature of Jesus is intermingled within your spirit person. So you've received the spirit of full acceptance and folding you into the family of God. And you should, I'll just say should, because you may feel this, but it says, you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection. Beloved Father, for the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. We're gonna stop with that. Tammy's got yeah. It just made me, we have to get in us how much he loves us. He doesn't just tolerate us. We heard that preached one time. You're just tolerated. I was like, whoa, you did not just say that. And I'm glad my children were not in the room right now. <laughs> he loves you. <laughs> You're not trash. He chose you. He made you. I was going to say something else, and I can't remember what it was. So here. <laughs> it just like flew out. So why don't we respond tonight? We're going to make time and room for prayer. If anyone wants prayer, especially if you need healing in your body, um, a quick testimony my, co my cousin, my brother-in-law, Dale, he's not my cousin, I don't know where that came from. Uh, my brother-in-law, Dale, got prayed for last week. He deals with skin cancer, and he's always got to treat spots and stuff. But he's also had concerns about colon cancer and stuff. And he was having some serious, sharp pains last Sunday. And he received prayer. We asked him, at any point, you feel something happening in your body while we're praying to stop us, just stop us. He kind of was like, stop. Because we want to know if, if you're feeling heat, or electricity, anything like that. We know those are signs often that God is healing. Um, so we started praying. He popped his hand up and he's like, the sharpness. He, well, at first he said, I was feeling heat all back and forth across my belly. Um, well, I got the message yesterday or the day before from my sister that the pain never came back. So whatever was going on in there, we, we believe that God has, has begun healing or he took care of it fully. 
Um, we also have a woman that came three weeks ago when we preached on verse three, um, Holly, who was dealing with stage four colon cancer. And we haven't heard of a recent update. I'm sorry, Wendy. Um, we haven't got a recent update, but that night um, she knew that there was some things changing. Fluid was, was leaving naturally. Um, and she was you know, making many trips over there. And also she, she could feel one of the, the tumors and because she just knows where it's at. And she felt a dramatic change in size. So she was so stoked about that, that she, and some other things happened. She was able to sleep through the night during the week without coughing attacks. Um, she ended up bringing, testifying to her mother's church. And then they came last two weeks ago when Jeff was here. I just want to want to make the declaration that you know when God is healing somebody else, and, and especially if that testimony of of cancer in the belly is for anyone you know, or if you're dealing with stomach issues, God is healing it. And the word testimony in the Old Testament we learned can be translated "do again." So when we when we declare the testimonies of God. We know God wants to repeat those things. He wants to do it again. He want, He reveals parts of his nature and his character because he doesn't heal someone just because, well, they were sweet enough and he just likes them enough. It's, it's a revelation of his nature and character when he touches someone and heals. So testimonies are powerful because testimonies we believe he, he wants to repeat. Revelation 19, I think it's verse... 12 or 17, it's in Revelation 19, says this, the testimony of Jesus, the testimony of Jesus in your life, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Prophecy is speaking forth, declaring something that is not as though it was. It's, it's declaring something that's future and pulling it into the now. So the testimony of Jesus, the, the things that he has done, prophesy. The, the works of God, they prophesy, they, they speak forward to the fact that he wants to do it again. So I know that was a little bit of a rabbit trail on the word testimony, but we just want to encourage you guys, we will pray and we will, we will go after cancer or just a broken heart or whatever it is that anyone comes into this place carrying. If you want prayer, we're going to make room for that. But why don't we do this? Why don't we stand up? Let's just, regarding this whole thing of the spirit of sonship, Let's just take a few more minutes tonight and we'll worship the Lord. We'll worship him. I promise you that it won't stop right in the middle of the worship. <laughs> um, but I feel like this song is going to speak and it's going to give you words. It's going to give you and I a voice to declare who he is for us and who we are to him. So I'm going to just, don't even try to read the things on the screen. I'm going to fast forward because I thought maybe we'd get this far, but apparently not. It's probably, it's probably about five passages. Okay, you guys ready? So let's, let's worship the Lord. Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you for the spirit of sonship. We thank you for the spirit of adoption the spirit of reconciliation. We thank you, Lord, that you are not ashamed to call each one of us in this room brother or sister. We thank you, Lord, that you have brought us into your family and that you see us 
as your own, that we're no longer orphans. We're not slaves to sin anymore. You have set us free. And who the Son has set free, we're free indeed. We're free completely. The power of sin and death has been disabled. And we thank you, Lord. We give you praise tonight. And we just want to worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. Is it going to start on its own? Nope. There we go. just pray for every person here tonight as we as we go this week that that we would hear the voice of the father that we would recognize the open heaven that we have and we recognize the voice of the one who loves us the most thank you lord thank you for the truth the truth of your great love for us oh thank you god i just declare your favor tonight over every person here Thank you, Lord. We thank you for the spirit of sonship. Spirit of sonship. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence, that you give us the ability, the ability to say Father, to say Daddy God, Abba.